0: It's been just over a week since election day in the United States, and the results aren't quite final, but they're coming into sight. Democrats will keep the Senate, potentially even gaining a seat depending on a runoff election in Georgia next month. As votes continue to be tallied across the country, Republicans are one victory away from flipping the House of Representatives, but with a much narrower majority than what forecasters were expecting. Now, despite losing control of the House, the Democrats still better than expected showing was a tailwind for President Biden when he met with Chinese President Xi Jinping on the sidelines of the G20 in Bali less than a week after Election Day. Congress's role in U.S. policy toward China seems to expand every year. And so naturally, we're wondering what do these results mean for U.S.-China trade moving forward and for U.S. policy toward China as a whole? Today, I'm speaking with my colleague at the U.S.-China Business Council, Joseph Rafshun. So, Joseph, why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about what you do here.
1: My name is Joseph Rafshun. I'm the Government Affairs Manager for the U.S.-China Business Council working on our congressional portfolio.
0: Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Erin.
0: So, we know what the election results are now, but let's pretend that we don't for the sake of this exercise and start at the beginning. What was the messaging on China in the midterms?
1: Sure, yeah. So China was brought up by many candidates, mostly in a negative light and mostly by Republicans. But Democrats for sure did not shy away from China issues either. Predominantly, China was brought up for two main reasons. One, candidates wanted to show that they themselves were tough on China by emphasizing legislation that they had supported or would support in the future that would curb China's influence. Uh, This meant many candidates highlighted uh, their opposition to China buying farmland in the U.S., criticizing China for stealing critical U.S. intellectual property, and even accusing China of stealing American jobs. China was also brought up when candidates tried to paint their opponents as having ties to the Chinese government or Chinese businesses. For example, we saw Senator Marco Rubio attack his opponent, Representative Val Demings, uh, for using TikTok, the very popular social media account, because it is owned by a Chinese firm. And millions of Americans uh, around the country saw these attacks on their TV screen, on social media, uh, because China was a big spotlight in many campaign advertisements.
0: So... What was the mood in the China-watching world specifically on the eve of the election?
1: I mean, it, it really does depend, and I can only speak for, for USCBC, but, but like everyone, we were pretty sure the House was going to flip to the Republicans, and the Senate was a toss-up, maybe leaning Dem. we thought. That means that us at USCBC were already planning on a Republican House majority, uh, and all that could mean for China policy.
0: So you touched on this a little bit just in talking about how China was raised uh, in the run-up to the election. Um, But what was the GOP plan on China?
1: Sure, yeah, that's a great question. Similar to us and really everyone else here in D.C., the Republicans and Kevin McCarthy were also anticipating a House majority. So even before the election, uh, they put out their policy goals and agenda for next Congress. And sure enough, China is going to be a major focus of the Republicans' next Congress. The big news in D.C. and on the Hill is that Republicans are planning on creating a select committee on China. USCBC had heard rumblings of this over really the past year or so, and it was officially announced in the Republicans' commitment to America. It's kind of a blueprint for a Republican-controlled House. And a select committee pretty much is a committee created by congressional leadership, To investigate or really probe a specific area of interest. These select committees could turn into a permanent committee. It seems like McCarthy only wants it for one term, Uh, but he is planning on this committee to be bipartisan. Details are pretty sparse, and while it is likely to be more focused on oversight, it could make legislative recommendations to various committees. This means areas like tech, national security, cybersecurity, and a lot of areas where the United States has, quote unquote, fallen behind on China, such as critical materials will be a focus of the select committee. But we've also uh, been told it could lean more into some theatrics and focus on things like Hunter Biden's connections to China or another investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. And while a lot of attention, rightfully so, is going towards the select committee. Almost all committees from in the House are going to have some sort of China focus next Congress.
0: So now that the red wave hasn't come to pass, what can we expect in terms of China legislation?
1: It's important to remember that for the most part, the House and Senate, Republicans and Democrats are more or less aligned on China, actually. So Congress will continue focusing on China. It just depends on to what extent and how far they will go. Even though the margin of the Republicans' majority really did surprise us, from a big picture, this doesn't really change our expectations for next Congress that much when it comes to China, but there are a few things to bring up. With a Republican House majority, we could see more China bills actually see a vote. In the 117th Congress, we saw around 700 plus bills and amendments introduce an offered that had a China nexus, but very, very few of them saw any sort of vote. This could really change under Republican control, and many more of those so-called more provocative measures could see the light of day. However, there are two things to note there. First, the slimmer the majority in the House, the more difficult it will be for the next House Speaker, probably Kevin McCarthy, to operate. This means that bills are going to need to have full Republican support or some Democratic support to pass, meaning that any bill, China-related or not, will take a lot more work to get across the finish line. Second, China bills that do see a vote and do pass the House will be sent over to a Democratic Senate. There are Democratic and Republican China hawks in the Senate, but with Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer calling the shots, we may see them take a more delicate approach when it comes to China. And to be clear, I'm not saying this is going to stop China actions from occurring, but rather we're unlikely to see bills moving forward that are destined to put President Biden in a difficult place politically when it comes to China.
0: What about some of the specific issues that you're following? So like the Section 301 tariffs, there's been a lot of talk about some kind of outbound investment screening mechanism, um, trade promotion authorities in the news again. How are those initiatives going to be affected by the midterm results?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, and it's not really clear, unfortunately. Many lawmakers, Democrat and Republican, are still in favor of creating an exclusion process and even ending the Section 301 tariffs. However, some hawkish members are generally supportive of keeping the tariffs. And that's not to mention, in the Senate, we lost Senator Pat Toomey, who retired, and he was one of the main advocates of ending and or creating a new exclusion process, so we shall see if anyone takes up his mantle. As for outbound investment, and when I say outbound investment, when we were talking about outbound investment, uh, it's in regard to possibly creating an agency or a review board to investigate and possibly block U.S. investments into China. It seems like there still will be a push by Republicans and some Democrats to focus on outbound investment screening, but it really may come down to what the administration decides to do in the coming months. As we are aware, the administration is deciding on an executive order themselves, which doesn't require congressional approval. And to wrap up that question, it does seem like a Republican-controlled House is going to push heavily for trade promotion authority, which, if you're not aware, would grant the president more leeway or tools for negotiating free trade agreements with other nations. This is a major priority of House Republicans on ways and means. But again, they are going to need some form of approval from Democrats, as Senate Dems would have to approve it as well. And as of right now, Senate Dems seem not to have the appetite for trade promotion authority.
0: You mentioned Senator Marco Rubio earlier, and he has a proven track record of his China-related proposals being passed into law. Um, Of course, he retained his seat in the Senate. Who else should we be watching when it comes to China policy?
1: So, yeah, we're going to see some familiar faces driving the China discussion um, as incumbents did extremely well this election cycle. When it comes to the Senate, like you said, Marco Rubio is still going to be driving the discussion. He'll be joined by Ted Cruz, who always carries the the flame of the self-proclaimed China hawks. And they most likely are going to have a new companion with them as J.D. Vance won his election versus Tim Ryan to become the next senator of Ohio. Vance constantly blasted China on his campaign and was very critical of China's business practices. On the House side, and maybe the most prominent legislator um, on China issues, especially in the House, is going to be Representative Michael McCall, who is almost certainly going to be the House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman. He's already announced that he would implement a 90-day review of the Bureau of Industry and Security, BIS. Um, if he becomes chairman, and BIS is in charge of export controls uh, for the U.S., which pretty much are rules governing what technologies U.S. companies can and can export to other countries like China. McCall has blasted the department for being too lax on enforcing export controls to China, and we believe a new export control bill could be one of the first things he does as House Foreign Affairs chairman. I will say also that there are some wildcards when it comes to China policy, With new House committee leaders pretty much across the board for the Republicans, we aren't really sure where they're going to fall when it comes to China. That includes the likes of Patrick McHenry on House Finance and whoever wins the Ways and Means race. While they sure are not going to be quote unquote easy on China, USCBC is definitely monitoring where they stand in issues like outbound investment and the Section 301 China tariffs.
0: The China Business Review Podcast is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can learn more about what we do at uschina.org. If you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that other people can find us. Our music is by Tours.